We are recording outside. Granted, our fall weather is still only like 72 degrees because we're in Florida. But it's so nice. <laughs> but I'm still wearing shorts. And I hear that some people are like bundling up. Like Bianca in Chicago like was like death on the stairs. So sorry, Bianca in Chicago. Oof. The other day, um, it was like the high was like 67 or something in Orlando. Oh, it was one day. One day was of cold Wednesday? weather. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I wore boots and like a sweater and it was pants and it was so nice so much work done that day um i have no idea who went first last time i think i also forgot to grab pencils and paper i'll just do what i did last time and i'll write it on my phone okay um um i'm just gonna say that you go first this time because i feel like i usually go first okay one a i think i gave you full access so just don't change anything okay okay one a you're Clown-like, happiest on your hands, feet to the stars and moon scold, gilled like a fish. A common sense, thumbs down on the dodo's mode, wrapped up in yourself like a spool, trawling your dark as owls do. Mute as a turnip from the 4th of July to all fool's day, oh high riser, my little loaf. Vague as fog and looked for like mail, farther off than Australia, bent back atlas, our traveled prawn, snug as a bud and at home like a sprat in a pickle jug. A creel of eels, all ripples, jumpy as a Mexican bean, right, like a well-done sum, a clean slate with your own face on. Very descriptive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 1B. She's. Hollyhock, ambitious, impatient, and ever-moving, honorable gladiolus, sweet pea in the garden, baby's breath and white carnations, sweet and lovely, dependable ivy, enduring. Azalea and womanhood taking care of everyone. Pink carnations and Canterbury bells. A loving mother underappreciated. Oh, oh, oats, olive, and oxeye daisies. Patience and peace, love that bloomed in adversity. The sweetest, most harmonious of all. Like delphinium, light and airy and ardently attached. Jasmine and arborvitae, unconditional, everlasting, eternal. Sunflowers, loyalty, longevity. Adored, adored, adored. Yellow roses, friendship, apology, intense, undying love, eternally blooming. I feel like both these poems are like listing things that don't help me know what's what. <laughs> um, okay, um, I noticed that the second one is longer. It uses uh, more colorful verbiage, I guess. Um, the first one is maybe more relatable. That's not the right word to use, though. <laughs> but the second one... It, like, the second one is maybe talking about a mother, and the first one is talking about a child. But... Me. The poetry genius! <laughs> can't figure it out. 
All right. Um, wow. I don't really have a lot to go on here. Huh? <laughs> I'm going to say that you wrote the second one. I did. Yay. I don't know why. Um, so this one is about all my best gal friends mm-hmm. right now in my life. And it's based off of something called the language of flowers, where flowers are, like, representative of things. And so, like, the flowers that you give people are, like... Roses for love, and this one's for friendship. But, like, yellow roses for friendship, red roses for romantic love, pink carnations for motherhood, and, like... Oh, okay. um, So, this is, like, the people that are in this one are, like, my friend Megan, my friend Kat, my sister, my mom, and you. Which one am I? You're at the end with sunflowers and yellow roses and ah! um, jasmine and arborvitae. I'm going to cry. <laughs> so, um, so all, like, the descriptive words and stuff are, like, what, like, sweet peas for gratitude for, like, things that I've learned from Megan and, mm-hmm. like, um... Pink carnations and Canterbury bells. Pink carnations are for motherhood. Canterbury bells are also for gratitude. So that's, like, to my mom. Gotcha. And then, like, oats, olive, and oxide daisies is my sister. Um, So oats is music. Olive is peace. And oxide daisies are patience. Um, so oxide daisies. What do they look like? I have no idea. But the Wikipedia page <laughs> says they <laughs> said. You... <laughs> oh, those are my favorite kind of daisies. Oh, really? Yeah, that's my favorite kind of flower. Yeah. How so. did you, like, come up with this idea? And, like, where did you start? Were you like, flowers, symbolism, love, meaning, enter? Like, what was your Google search? <laughs> well, okay, so I um, I read a book in high school. My senior year of high school, I read a book called The Language of Flowers. Mm-hmm. And it was a fiction book, but, in the, like, it was about this girl who, like, had trouble connecting with other people, except she started working in a florist's shop. And somehow the bouquets that she put together for people, like, made a difference in their lives. Oh. And um, so it was, a, it was a very confusing book for me at the time because it was, like, I think it was more adult than I needed, like, right. that I could understand at the time. Because it was, like, this girl got pregnant and, like, gave birth by herself under a staircase or something oh, no. like that. Like, that's what she wanted to do. But, like, oh, I, okay. it was just... I didn't understand the themes and I really love to reread it, but I couldn't find the book because all my books are packed because I'm living in a one bedroom apartment with my boyfriend right now. And, um, so I just Googled the language of flowers Mm -hmm. and then that led me to plant symbolism and that led me to this giant list of things. And I like wrote down the ones that I liked and then I was like, huh, this one reminds me of this person and this one reminds me of this person. And then I was like, you know, one more time. (laughs) How do you spell that? I think there's a couple poo poos in there. Ah, <laughs> uh, my favorite and some uh. <laughs> You know what we forgot to do? What? So we're drinking white wine. Oh, shit. <laughs> we are drinking Pinot Grigio, throwing it back to our good old college, college days. Since we're both back in college and poor as a motherfucker. So we're drinking Sutter Home. <laughs> it, was, it was literally $18 for two bottles. So holla at your poor girls. It's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Nice, Listen, light. All of you, light feels wine snobs. I like a good wine, and you know what? I also like a crappy wine. Wine hey, is good. Wine, you just have to like wine. That's doesn't matter if it's good wine or if it's bad wine. wine if you like wine. it, it's good. It's like pizza. Mm-hmm. You know, like what's that saying? They're like, bad pizza is still good. Wait, no, that's not the saying. I don't think that's how that goes. It's like. It, it's a bad pizza is still a pizza? No. <laughs> Does it like, have to do with pizza? It's like, no, it's like, 
It's like bad uh, publicity is still publicity. Yeah, like just like a bad pizza is still a pretty good pizza. Huh. Like everyone likes pizza, and there are just good pizza, and there's better pizza. There's not really bad pizza. That's true. I would not say the same thing for wine, realizing now, after five minutes of discussing this, that that is not true. I have had, in fact, terrible wine. That's true. I have had some pretty bad wines in my day. But not today. Today I'm having a decent one. So. Oh, Jesus. That was cute. <laughs> it's Jackie's turn. Okay, here we go. Okay. Okay, this is, these are the shortest one you're going to get. Yay. Okay. First one is called American Poetry. Whatever it is, it must have a stomach that can digest rubber, coal, uranium, moons, poems. Like the shark, it contains a shoe. It must swim for miles through the desert, uttering cries that are almost human. Interesting. The second one is called termites. There are termites in my head burrowing, deeper and burrowing down, down into my throat, through my bones to claim their home in my ribs. I understand less in the first one. (laughs) The second one makes sense. And on any other day, is probably something I could see you writing. Which one? Termites. Mm-hmm. But then American poetry. Shoot, I don't know. I surely cannot help you. <laughs> That's the whole point. <laughs> That's the point of the podcast. <laughs> um, 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 oh my god. rubber coal uranium moons and poems yes those are the things listed like a shark it contains a shoe a shoe what kind of shoe is it a boot is it a stiletto after you guess is it a running shoe (laughs) is it maybe it was meant to be vague and applicable to many lots of shoes (laughs) Many shoes. How many shoes could a shark eat? If a shark could eat shoes. Like, actually, probably a lot. Like, <laughs> a lot think about shoes. it. Shoes. Sharks are motherfucking big. And shoes are <laughs> small and. It depends blimpy. on the shark. What if it's a nurse shark? They have tiny mouths. I don't think nurse sharks eat shoes, though. Well, how do you know? Well, because I, I swam with them. And if they wouldn't eat me, they probably wouldn't eat my shoe. Well, what if it looked like a fish to them floating around? Do they eat fish? I thought nurse sharks were like. Nurses? Vegetarian? <laughs> <laughs> did this help you in any way? No, it did not! <laughs> if anything, you're more confused. I'm gonna guess you wrote 1A. I did not. I oh, dang it! So you Go can't tell me gut. what kind of shoe it is! Go with your gut. Dang it. No, I can't tell you what kind of... What's, what's happening? I touched my face to the table okay. and... I Yeah, go with your gut. Ter- I definitely wrote termites. See, I told you it's something you would write, but I didn't know if you were trying to like, I don't know, get get metaphysical or something. I, I don't do know. do that from time to time. I know so you do. That's like uranium, like rubber, coal, uranium, moons, and poems. Those I could see you I'd picking say. things. Yeah, I picking really like those, those poems. Yeah. poet. I'm excited to hear your poet. Who your poet is? All right, okay. I'm ready. Uh, this one's a little oh my bit God, longer. It's so long. <laughs> wait, just wait, just wait. Oh. Do you see the third one? No, Look how long the third one is. You wrote that? <laughs> I'd have been like, can't do this poem. <laughs> Next. If I have to scroll down, I'm not choosing it. Okay, okay. 2A. Edge. The woman is perfected. Her dead body wears the smile of accomplishment, the inclusion of a Greek necessity. Flows in the scrolls of her toga. Her bare feet seem to be saying, we have come so far, it is over. 
Each dead child coiled, a white serpent, one at each little pitcher of milk, now empty. She has folded them back into her body as petals of a rose close when the garden stiffens and odors bleed from the sweet. Deep throats of the night's flower. The moon has nothing to be sad about, staring from her hood of bone. She is used to this sort of thing. Her blacks crackle and drag. Oh, I really like that. Is the... Can I ask questions? Mm-hmm. Stiffens and odors bleed from the sweet, deep throats of the... That's supposed to be a comma? One sentence, right? Yeah, it's supposed okay. to be one sentence. Right. I think I accidentally hit the period. Okay, no worries. I'm surprised I didn't catch that. Okay, 2B. Buoys. She's become disillusioned. All around her are people that look just alike, speak just alike, walk just alike. She thought, a place for me to grow into myself. But their serpent tongues whisper lies. Neither she nor her loves are of interest. They do not get on, except for two. She is alone in the crowd, accompanied only by two buoys, bobbing alongside like loyal pups. These people do not relish the art of making. They do not bolster each other. They tear her down brick by brick. They crumble her will word by word, except for two, except for two. Wow, I really like both of these. And we have a serpent thing going on. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love snakes. <laughs> mm. Okay. Um. Oh, wow. I really like the the symbolism of the buoys with, I assume, some type of friendship or group or supporter, right? Because buoys support and they float. But I like the like the theme of like this Greek like goddess and I can see her with her toga and like bare feet but she's like super tan and okay (laughs) (laughs) the second one I understand more but we also have flowers in the first one so maybe you're on a flower kick I don't know how you write your poetry (laughs) oh I know you wrote most of them this morning I'm gonna say Okay, but to be fair, I got my I got my my topics. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a little bit of insight. My topics come from different days. So it's like oh. I have a note where I'm like, ooh, poet idea, poetry <laughs> idea. Right. And then I have like six or seven poetry ideas, and then I come in here and I'm like, which poem idea fits the best with the existing poet? Smart. I should do that. So there's only like one time where I've been in the car. And I was driving, and I, like, started thinking of a poem in my head, and I was like, fuck! I was on 75, and I'm like, skirted over to the side, <laughs> put my hat on, and wrote a quick poem. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that is one I haven't used yet. Interesting. I, one I haven't used yet. And then I, I continued driving. Actually, it was on my way to you a few months ago for military. Ooh, it's a very oh. good one, but it's one of the ones where I have to find the exact poem to pair it with, because you will know it's me immediately. It's <laughs> the most Jackie thing in the whole world. Fair. So. Well, maybe we'll put it in the book. Yeah. Mm. Oh, book? What? Tune in to find out more. (laughs) I think I'm going to go with... I'm going to say that you wrote the second one, Buoys. I did write Buoys. Okay. Boom! Hell yeah. I'm going to fucking roll. It is about friendship. Yeah, I love that. The pairing, the Um, Buoys, that's awesome. Yeah, so I had a moment. I got real discouraged because I started this class called Design Thinking, Intro to Design Thinking, which I... Love. Yeah, that sounds right. I really mind. love it. It's like it's based on um, a course at the Stanford Design School. Um, they call it the D School, and basically, it's like the process that goes into creating things. Oh, so, I like, need to take that class. I am so bad at that. Like, you gather empathy, and then you um, 
I don't remember what the second one is. Amazing. I think you, you dig deeper, but I don't remember what the word is for it. And then the third is, like, you ideate. You come up with a bunch of ideas. And the fourth is you prototype. So you, like, actually physically make something, even if it's super crappy and made right. out of, like, nothing. And then the last one is, like, you test it. And then you kind of go back and forth between prototyping and testing until you find, like, the right answer to your problem. And so we're using this class to kind of come up with ways to solve, like, business problems. Except most of the people in my class are not, they don't consider themselves creative thinkers. They think of themselves more as like business, business logistics people. And like everybody's created. Yeah. And honestly, that's one of the things is like in the very first week of class, we talked about how like at some point in your life, somebody probably told you you're not creative. You're not good at this one thing. You're not, you're not a creative type. And you just kind of come to believe that and you leave that behind and really anybody can create. You yeah, just have absolutely. to like trust that somebody's going to support your idea. Even if one person thinks it's dumb, somebody else is going to really like it, yeah. you know? And so it's, it's kind of about being brave in your own creativity and understanding that not, not everything has to be perfect. I love this class. And we had our second week of class the other day and I'm sitting at this table and I'm listening to the conversations around me that are like, they're like, this is stupid. I can't believe I'm paying $20,000 a year to go, like, to be in summer camp where we make crafts then and stuff. Then drop the fuck out. Right. I'm like, I'm like, shut up. Because, like, some people really like it. And all you're doing is showing that you're insecure in your own creativity. Say, you have to be open-minded. Yeah. And, like, you're showing that. you're Yeah, you probably don't like it because you don't get it. And, like, yeah. same. I, I, I am like that. If I don't get something right away, I deem to hate it. It's really just because I don't get it. Yeah. Because I pride myself. So, it's, like, it's... That's how I was feeling because, like, in the at the beginning of that class, we have these, like, design journals, and our professor was like, okay, I want you to write down how you're feeling right in this instance. Ooh. And I was like, I feel like garbage because everybody else in this class yeah. seems to hate this class, but I love this class, and I'm really frustrated about it. And so that's where this poem kind of was born out of. Who are the two buoys? Cat and Megan. I figured one of them was Cat. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Cat and Megan are like, Megan's an interior designer. This right. is like, design thinking is what she does. Mm. Like, that was her whole undergrad. And then Cat um, is a marketer. So she has more of like the, the creativity mm. side in her too. And so they're, they're both like, I love this class. And like, um, I can't wait to meet your Orlando friends. They sound just I like can't, you. I can't wait for you to meet them. They're awesome. And you would love them. Amazing. And they would love you. I talk about you all the time. They, I, at this point, I'm just like, me and Jackie, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, they're yeah. Like, we don't need to meet her. We got <laughs> so, all right. Two for Jackie. All right. I'm on a... Two for you, Jackie. It's okay. I have faith in you. You're usually better at your offense, so... Yeah. Okay. All right. This one's a little bit longer. Okay. All right. Poem 2A is called After Midnight. The dark streets are deserted with only a drugstore glowing softly like a sleeping body with one white naked bulb in the back that shines on suicides and abortions. Who lives in these dark houses? I am suddenly aware I might live here myself. The garage man returns and puts the change in my hand, counting the singles carefully. Interesting. Okay. Chuby is called Roach. Bug theme. <laughs> <laughs> they saw me on the ceiling, my pear-shaped head wavering left and right and left again. Unicorn horns polarized but cooperating. Feedback loops. My neck is obsessed with the weight of my crystalled thorax. I like the red and blue stones separated. I release my exhausted grip, aluminum wings catch me, and I return home. What the hell, Jackie? <laughs> you did a good job this week. Thank you. Um, We're just saying something because I was, I felt the most pressure to write these. Like I, 
my creative juices were spent. I could tell that you were you were panicking a little I bit. I was. I was like... You're like, are your poems done? <laughs> Have you left yet? What's, what's happening? Because <laughs> I usually, like, how you are with a book, I am with poems. My poems are done days in advance. Right. No, and I'm the opposite. the opposite. I'm like, like, we're not recording the bell jar for two more weeks, and I finished it a week ago. And then, like, but I, I usually write my poetry, like, the day of. Yeah, and I'm usually the opposite. Um. So, interesting. Okay. Um. Oh, I didn't even tell you the inspiration for my last one. We'll go back. But we'll go back. Yeah. We'll go back. Bug team. So maybe you also wrote Roach, or maybe you got the termites from Roach, and you were like, hmm. Well, now I want to know where termites came from. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Because I should have told you anyway. Yeah. Remember in the group chat yesterday when I was like, I'm having that weird feeling of not being able to see anything? Yeah. Again? Yeah, yeah. Termites. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hello, listeners. I have this weird problem where sometimes I go blind. <laughs> <laughs> and then everything around me feels unreal. It's actually really a medically an issue, and I got to go get it checked out. Yeah. But I was like, I wonder what it is. And I said, it's probably termites. I wonder if you're, like, disassociating. No, because I'm consciously aware, and I am an in control. Okay. And I can remember everything. Usually, if you dissociate, it's, like, two separate things that happened. And, like, I was, I was conscious in what I was doing. Interesting. And, like... I did my whole, I did my work while I was doing it. My work was of good quality. Interesting. It's probably my blood sugar, like Sarah said. It probably or my is. iron. Anyway, that's where that came from. Okay. So now you Termines. may. Okay. Um. Right. I'd be like, well, so I read this poem called Roach, and then. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what I like the red and blue stone separated means. Red and blue stones? What? What stones? And if you're a roach, what does that mean? Like, what what could be stones to a roach? I'm guessing you wrote 2A. Bug theme, hun. Ah! I wrote roach. Okay. I wrote it because... Okay, I, then what are the red and blue stones? I'm gonna tell you! So, I wrote this one because... So, this one is based off the imposter syndrome. Okay. I... Yeah, I felt so. But I feel like... I'm a bit. I'm a little bit deeper in my master's program, and I feel like I, I. This is gonna sound glowy, and I really don't mean it to be glowy, but like I get a lot of fucking compliments about my work ethic and the quality of my work and the quantity of my work from my professors. Mm-hmm. And in talking with the rest of my cohort, it is not the same overall. It seems it's just me, mm-hmm. and, but I feel like I'm just. I feel like I'm getting compliments because I am. Cloaked in like this fake. Thing that people identify with because mm. I'm in the office and just because I'm in the office because I happen to be lucky and get this job that happens to be in the office doesn't mean I'm a better student than anybody else mm-hmm. so like this poem is like I'm really just a roach but everyone sees me as something more so like I'm a bedazzled roach people see these fake things that aren't really me oh the red and the and like okay so um the first one is just like they see me on the ceiling like I've already set the bar really high for myself mm. Um, the, then it's just about anatomy. I looked up anatomy of roach. Squirmed a little bit. Um, <laughs> unicorn horns are just like the antennas. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, feedback loops. My neck, right? Okay, so it's sore with the weight of it. So, like, I feel like I have to live up to these expectations yeah. that they've set on me. The red and blue stones are my social life and my work, my, like, my school life. Because oh. I feel like if they mix, I you will have a lesser separate. quality. Interesting that's it it's it's a it's a it's a take on the imposter syndrome okay 
I like it. I, you know, it's funny is I chose After Midnight because in my head I was like, okay, like, maybe she did some kind of case study that is she's dealing in criminology so case studies about like illegal abortions and things that like like levels of crime in different neighborhoods and stuff like that so i wondered if maybe that was where that one came from and that seemed more in line with you than the roach one so yeah. that's why I that's because i think maybe the first one was more literal and the mm-hmm. second one was, a, was symbolic in yeah nature. interesting but All that right. is, like the first one is definitely something i'd write so you're not faulted there yeah. All right. Well, Jackie's two for two and Chrissy's zero oh for two, so yeah. But this long bullshit is gonna fuck me up. Okay, Guys, it's they're so both long. Then they're both called the applicant. Sorry. Okay, I love it. I'm ready. Okay, three A. Oh, I should have practiced these. Oh, honey, you didn't. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, okay, you got it. <laughs> okay. Um, would you like to apply? That's just fine. Please tell us your make, model number, and year. Oh, and please provide the ra- feather of a rare bird. We don't know what qualifies as a rare bird. Why do you ask? Our dream applicant looks nothing like you, but here's a pen. It will reduce you into inky symbols on a dead tree. You're made of steel? Why didn't you say so? That won't do. We need malleable clay, so we can bend you and blend you however we want. Mold you into our own. I, ah, I see now. You're not really steel. You are clay. Clay with a stolen steel identity. Soft, wet, and soggy clay. You're not even the pretty red clay, just the drab beige stuff. You coat hands and crack under pressure. Maybe you'll do. We'll put you in the kiln and let your flaws bloom. You'll break or you won't. Would you like to apply? You say you brought flowers? This is a utilitarian workplace. We have no use for such frivolities. We need a different green. Would you like to apply? We'll hire you, but only as a prototype. We'll bring you in and stomp you flat, ready to begin again and be remolded. Although honestly, you just don't seem to have enough substance. There's never really enough clay to create the perfect and exact model we're searching for. Perhaps you'll do though. Would you like to apply? Oh, I feel this heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Freebie. Okay. Also called the applicant. First, are you our sort of a person? Do you wear a glass eye, fake teeth, or a crutch, a brace, or a hook, rubber breasts, or a rubber crotch, stitches to show something's missing? No? No? Then how can we give you a thing? Stop crying. Open your hand. Empty? Empty. Here is a hand to fill it and willing to bring teacups and roll away headaches and do whatever you tell it. Will you marry it? It is guaranteed to thumb shut your eyes at the end. I'm sorry. (laughs) It is guaranteed to thumb shut your eyes at the end and dissolve of sorrow. We make new stock from the salt. I notice you are stark naked. How about this suit? Black and stiff, but not a bad fit. Will you marry it? It is waterproof, shatterproof, proof against fire and bombs through the roof. Believe me, they'll bury you in it. Now, your head, excuse me, is empty. I have the ticket for that. Come here, sweetie, out of the closet. Now, well, what do you think of that? Naked as paper to start, but in 25 years, she'll be silver. In 50, gold. A living doll everywhere you look. It can sew. It can cook. It can talk, talk, talk. It works. There is nothing wrong with it. You have a hole. It's a poultice. You have an eye. It's an image. My boy, it's your last resort. Will you marry it, marry it, marry it? That happened last time. Which one was it? (laughs) I have a... That seems really familiar. But maybe I just listened to the one poem. All right. So the first one... (laughs) I feel, right? It's like you're applying for jobs. Like, nothing is ever good enough. And no one's the right fit. And they make you feel like fucking shit. The second one is less direct. The only thing I can think of if I were to assign that one to you is if, like, direct, like if you take it literally, if 
whoever fucking would question you like wanting to marry Adam. Mm. But I don't, will you marry it? I don't think that is, I don't think that's a thing. Like that, I don't think that's what you would write if that is in fact what it would be. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to figure out what, what is it? Oh, maybe I missed it. Rubber breasts or rubber crotch. I don't know if I can see you writing that. And you messed up words on both, so that doesn't help. That's because I didn't practice either of them. You're, you're, it's okay. <laughs> oh, you're All right, I'm going to go based off of... Because I think the second one is so familiar, I must have read it somewhere. So I think you read the first I think you wrote the first one. Yeah, I was going to say, go with your gut, because you know this poet. So you were right. You are correct. Okay, I wrote the but first one. I'm not one. trying to figure out how I knew this. I want to know if you know this, like, if you can guess this poet. Let me go back and reread. Because now that I know I was right on all of them. And yes, you were right. This one's kind of just about like applying for jobs. Because I'm applying for internships right now. And I'm like, God, I feel like I have to like remake myself every time I apply to something. This is one of my favorite ones that you've written. Really? Oh, it's so good. I'm glad that you're the one that like, I'm glad that one was yours. <laughs> Please provide the feather of a rare bird. <laughs> what the fuck is a rare bird? I we don't know. Why do you know. ask? Why? <laughs> That's I don't know. But I know I know it. But I don't know why I know it. Do you want to know who my poet is right now? Yeah. Sylvia Plath. The goddamn author of that book! <laughs> That's right! Yeah. Uh, I was doing research on the book and I must have come across this poem. Mm-hmm. Fuck! That yeah. was really, like, daring of you. I know! <laughs> I was like, but I knew you hadn't read the book yet. So, right. like, a lot of the things that are in, like, here, like, in her poems that I picked here, mm-hmm. are also kind of in the book. And so I think it's really interesting how, like, because the book Ooh. is... We'll give you a sneak preview. The book is a what's called a Ramana Clef, which means it's an autobiography, but she, like, changed the names, basically. Right. So um, all of her stuff is, like, intensely autobiographical, and so a lot of it, like, lines up. And so I was like, she hasn't read the book, so it's maybe perfect. I can do this. And um, going back, that makes sense. As a poet, Celia Plath is fucking wild. She is wild. I, I love she her. She is. Solomon hates her. Really? Obviously, he hates Of course her. he does. He hates, like, that depressing, no rhyming, yeah. wild bullshit. So, Which is exactly why I like it. <laughs> do you want to hear? Um, yeah, since you already told me. Okay, so Sylvia Plath, um, I'll read you just, like, this first bit is from her Poetry Foundation bio. Okay. But, um, so, Sylvia Plath was one of the most dynamic and admired poets of the 20th century. By the time she took her life at the age of 30, Plath already had a following in the literary community. In the ensuing years, her work attracted the attention of a multitude of readers who saw in her singular verse an attempt to catalog despair, violent emotion, and obsession with death. So her Poetry Foundation bio is ridiculously long. Yeah, so she's a famous fucking poet. Yeah, she's super famous. and um, But it's super fascinating. So she suffered from what they think is manic depression, um, which is also known as bipolar disorder, and which had no effective treatments during her time. And so she was hospitalized once after a suicide attempt, but she recovered. And then she married poet Ted Hughes and had two kids. And after that marriage ended, she ended up killing herself by inhaling gas from an oven at the age of 30. Um, so The Bell Jar is her only novel, but she has two published collections of poetry, The Colossus, which was published before her death, and Ariel, which was published after. Honestly, I love her. She's her, her incredible. With death, I think, is why I like her. Like, She's really incredible. Go fucking figure I like death. Hello? <laughs> I'm a pretty simple person. She's like, she is... She is like the Robin Williams of poetry almost, where it's like you have Anything. this, well, you have this like 
parallel. I talked with my dad about this the other day. There's this parallel between people who have like their own inner demons and they're like this self doubt and also people who are like intensely creative. And so people who are like comedic geniuses, like Robin Williams, you're like, you're so amazing. How can you have all of this stuff? Yeah. It's, and it's this like duality of it. And so I think she's very much like her inspiration for poetry. What made her a great poet was this illness that she had that drove her to write and write and write and write and write. And And that's so sad, but it's like, yeah, it's yeah. That's probably why I like her. I mean, Again, I'm a simple person. I like death. I like crime. I like mental illnesses. So this is right up my alley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's Sylvia Plath. Oh, we love. <laughs> All right. I've that's why I'm poem. not, I'm really not surprised that I didn't fool you on any of them because she's got such a she's singular distinct. style. Yeah. But I gotta say though, you like, it was not easy. Like you did the damn thing. Thank you. All right. I've got one more poem. Mm-hmm. All right. The first one is called Etalia. Etalia. Back off. <laughs> Sorry. I googled back off to see what would come up. Alright. Adela. Running her hands around the orb, her lungs fill with information. The large E stenciled on her door captures the sunlight behind her. The sphere is dull, so she moves to a tattered box that doesn't quite close snugly. Shuffling my future, she flips one, then two, then three, her expression unchanging. One is wealth, and two is carnage, and three is silence. I have learned nothing. I have learned everything. She's a tarot card reader. Okay, continue. 3B is called Sway. Everyone at Lake Kearney had a nickname. There was a Bumstead, a Tonto, a Tex, and from the slogan of a popular orchestra, two sisters, Swing and Sway. Swing jitterbugged, hopping around on the dance floor, working up a sweat. Sway was beautiful. My heart went out to her when she lifted her heavy rack of dishes and passed through the swinging door. I think you wrote a Taylor. I definitely did. Yeah. Definitely a tarot card reader. That one I went with my gut. Yep. Good As job, gut. <laughs> Good yep. job, gut. Um, yeah, so she's a tarot card reader? Yeah. And actually, Atela is um, the pseudonym for the saint who originally came up with tarot cards. Interesting. I just switched the genders. Because okay. Stereotypically, like, they were yeah, women. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to make this as stereotypical as possible. Okay. I like it. I'm not. Do- I'm not yeah, it doesn't quite close snugly and. Yeah. yeah. I I am fascinated by tarot cards, actually. I would love to go get a reading because I don't know enough about it to, like, poo-poo it, but my scientific brain wants to poo-poo it. Your scientific brain wants to poo-poo it, and I'm with you on that, but, like, on my sister's bachelorette, um, one of her bridesmaids is, like, super into tarot. And because it, it was a blood moon, which is, like, in, like, the witchy world mm-hmm. is, like, a super powerful time for women... Um, and so she was like, it's a blood moon. We're on a bachelorette party. Would you, anybody who wants me to read your tarot, let me know and we'll do it. And we did it. And it was super fucking fun. And they were really interesting because it's like, it really depends on the person who's reading your tarot because it's more like you can read it. If it, if it lands, if you draw it and it's right side up, then it's, um, it's like, that's something that is really strong present in your life at that time and then if you draw it upside down it's something that's lacking in your life okay and so it's just like a way to focus on different parts of what like who are you and what are you missing you know that you know wow full circle we did it (laughs) now you have to do tarot cards for every episode yes (laughs) i feel like as of right now i feel like it'd be fun but like have you seen that brian regan skit where he makes fun of fortune tellers i have not first of all it's one of his best ones so look at it but he he makes fun of them in a way that's like 
everything will always be true because it's like horoscopes. Like yeah. everything will always be true because it's I so was, vague. I was just gonna say that. It's yeah. more like you you use it to gain insights about yourself, but like it's you, you, you only you already knew and didn't want to accept. Yeah. Which it, is like it's just a, a method. power in yeah, stone. It's it's just a method yeah. of like self examination. Yeah. Just like journaling, just like horoscopes, just like you know, it's just another way of doing it. Um and really you only get <laughs> as much out of it as you put in. Right. So. Brian Regan, the, his bit, like, his, the one line I can remember at the time, it's not a very famous bit, but he's like, oh, I, I'm thinking of the letter M. And Brian Regan goes, um, his name is John Paul. And the guy goes, Mr. John Paul? <laughs> and that's how I see. Oh, man. Anyway, and actually, if you knew, I feel like I would have tricked you a little bit more if you live here <laughs> oh so and no it's okay so um solomon and i started swing dance we do the swing what oh yeah so, I, that would have like that would have tripped also, me up a little bit um, more i have a cousin whose last name is kearney so lake kearney it's literally spelled the exact same way interesting there's no way you were to know that no but, but if i had read it i would have read it lake kearney oh maybe that's why i said kearney because yeah because that's I, I was like but then i was like well she must know what that is because she pronounced it kearney like <laughs> maybe it is kearney. i don't know what it is to this poet Speaking of, oh, also, I want to say, this is an excerpt. Sway is very long. Okay, okay. Um, so my poet is Louis Simpson. He was born in Jamaica, and he moved to the United States when he was 17 to study at Columbia University. After his time serving in the Army and a brief period in France, he worked as an editor in New York before completing his PhD at Columbia. He taught at universities such as Columbia, UC Berkeley, and Stony Brook. His lifelong expatriate status influenced his poetry, and he often uses the lives of... No. <laughs> ASMR for you? Okay. Oh, God. Uh, he um, uses the lives of ordinary Americans in order to critically investigate the myths of America itself, which is American poetry, right? Uh, he won the Pulitzer Prize in 1964. Fun fact. Nice. So he occasionally revisits the West Indies of his childhood. He always keeps one foot in his adopted country of the United States. Hmm. The outsider's perspective allows him to, quote, confront the terror and beauty of life with a wry sense of humor and a mysterious sense of fate. His collected poems, or he has a, a tome of collected poems in 1988 and also collected poems called There You Are in 1995, and they focus on the lives of everyday citizens using the simple diction and narratives to expose the bewildering reality of the American dream. So I think why I liked him is because he was so relatable. And I like easy, straightforward, relatable poetry. Yeah. It was very relatable. It was very much like, I, I had a lot, I had a hard time because with, it was like, right. it was all stuff that I could see writing. Exactly. So. So yeah, that was Louis Simpson. And yeah. this is Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> Just with a little bit more focus on suicide, I guess. So Jackie's score is now. 50. 50. And Chrissy's at 54. You're catching Ooh, up. I'm catching up. You're I catching am, up. As football would say, two possessions away. Two possessions away. Did you watch? Do you watch football? No. All right, never mind. <laughs> All right, this has been Rebus from the Times. <laughs> um, that's Jackie, and that's Chrissy. We never did that. No, we didn't. At but this point, you know, you know who we are. If you don't, that's I accept this. It's we're, fine. We're very similar. We have like ten listeners. Okay. Yeah. So. And so at this point, if you don't know our names, you know what? That's untrue. I checked. Podbean recently, and we have had like a hundred downloads on one episode, which is wild, right? Because we don't do anything. We literally do nothing. <laughs> we do the bare minimum. <laughs> which I am looking to increase my workload in this. <laughs> Maybe over the winter break, we can have a meet, a, a, a corporate meeting. A corporate meeting. Oh man, I've like, I don't know. I I'm I just have to say that I'm really proud of us for sticking through this 
for a whole year. We're coming up on a year of this podcast, yeah, you guys. In January was our first episode. Yeah. Honestly, even though it is, like, another thing to my workload and it's another thing I have to do on top of having four fucking jobs and going to school and you with your four fucking jobs, <laughs> like, I... It's a sense... For me, it's... it's like a release. It's something, like something that I do for to. me. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's I, not, like, it's not something that I do for, this. like, for anybody else, so... I've talked about her like a million times today, but my friend Megan, I had like this little name Megan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so she has, she and I were having this discussion the other day about how, so I broke out in hives super randomly last week. Yeah. Did you ever figure out what that was? Um, I think I ate leftovers that were too old. Excellent. Um, not excellent, but like glad. That's why we know. It's good that we know. Um, but when we were trying to figure it out, Megan was like, are you sure they're not stress related hives? And I was like, absolutely could be. I was like, no, I'm not sure they're not stress-related knives. <laughs> and I was like, I don't really feel super stressed, though. And she's like, well, they can be, like, very, like, they can, stress can compound. Like, it's not, it's not just one thing. It's probably, if you've been stressed for a while, it might just be, like, one thing kind of, like, broke the camel's back. But um, what she said was, like, you need to take time to do something that's just for Chrissy. Not, not Chrissy for Rollins Moving Services. Right. Not Chrissy for Kremer. Not Chrissy for the Cancer Foundation. Not Chrissy for the gay chorus whatever but just for you and I was like you're right (laughs) I do (laughs) I read an interesting tumblr post it was like people don't go from zero to 60 if somebody is getting angry over a very simple thing you can't get mad at them imagine how long they've been at level 59 yeah and like that light is like the compounded stress yeah so it probably it might have been stress hives like you've been fucking killing it but like that doesn't mean you have a lot yeah so Anyways, now that you've listened to our life stories and and who we are as people People. at our core, (laughs) (laughs) go do something for yourself. Go do something. That's your challenge for this week. Go do something for yourself. And uh, maybe that thing is writing poetry, and you you let us know. I don't know. Yeah, it could be writing poetry. You could go freaking surfing or snowboarding or go go take a cooking class. Yeah, go buy a canvas from Michaels for three ninety nine and some paints for ninety nine cents and paint something. Yeah. Do it. I've How? recently bought a coloring book full of foliage, and I've just been coloring in foliage. I like it. Thank you. That sounds fun. It's very calming. I watched Top Chef while doing it. It's a whole routine. <laughs> Go find yourself a year routine. Yes. And we will see you next week. Yeet. Oh, yes. Should I pause the recording? Up to you. I'll leave it. Um, sorry, Alexa. I'll-